0: You're listening to the Mentors for Military podcast with your host, Robert Gowan, Rudy Lindsay, Mike Pritz, Kat Kalin, and special guest host, Mike Glover. Yeah, I was just telling Damien how, well, via text and everything, Mike, how you were in third group and with Pritz in 10th group, or was that at a different time?
1: No, yeah, I was in, yeah, I was in 10th group as well. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks for your, sir. I'm sorry for your guys' loss this past week. It's been rough. Oh, it's all good, man. I appreciate yeah. it, man. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. got hit hard, and then yeah, it's one crazy. Of the, one of the warrants, the warrant that was on the team that was injured, he was uh, he was in Seco with me. So okay, to knows him. I was
2: um, lucky enough to we did PMT with Third Group before we went on my first Afghan deployment, and I was supposed to be with uh, one of them at Cobra, but they ended up switching with Seventh Group. But it was a real honor to serve with uh, those guys. So thank you for all, everything you've
1: done. Oh, I appreciate that's it, man. Awesome, you man. too, man. You're Thanks. a Navy EOD, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are my favorite EOD. Guy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, right. I in uh, I think so, in O, you know, my, I did my SIF rotations with Third Group in O six, O seven, O eight. Right. But right, right. every time we deployed, we had mm-hmm. we had you guys from Virginia Beach, and yep. you guys were you guys were operating with us, kicking in doors with us. Because yeah. we didn't have you know, it was ICTF <laughs> yeah. or on the other side, it was you guys were always with us. So it was yeah, good great, having man. you guys. Cool. Thanks, man.
0: Yeah, man so tell us a little bit about your background I know that you came from Florida Damien mm-hmm. so
2: um yeah oh I was born in Florida yeah and then um I went to University of Florida I left, I dropped out a couple times and went back and then dropped out my last semester and moved to New York City in 99 and I was there when the attacks happened living I was living in Brooklyn and um
0: holy crap man that must have been like yeah. crazy at that time that oh, was
2: around. crazy man I watched the out my window the second one my hit you know
0: get out did you yeah, actually it see it you actually saw the second one hit?
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then I and I took the last before the, so before Giuliani shut all the trains down, I took the last subway into Manhattan to stay to see just to get in there, and um, I ended up obviously they shut out everything down. I couldn't get back home for a few days. I just stayed with my buddy, but uh, yeah, it was just surreal, you know, really really crazy time. But uh, and then I started thinking about I was twenty seven then. And then I just was like, what am I doing? Like my granddad was, you know, he was in the war, World War Two, and was a POW. And my uncles were in Vietnam. And I was like, I should probably serve. I'm able-bodied, like I'm 27. You know, I should join. So then I joined when I was 29. But I was a machinist man. I was a mechanic for like my first three years. And then I tried out for ERD when I was 32.
0: Okay. So is that an enlistment? rate or MOS or is that something? That yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, it is now. Yeah. Um, okay. You can join right straight in as EOD and, uh, that's possible. Uh, just like you can do it with seals. I think, you know, the 18 X-ray program probably is like that. Right. Uh, um, yeah, you can do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They want you, they want you to do that now. Like back kind of when I came in, it was, it was pretty normal to come from the regular Navy, regular Navy. I call it, I don't mean any disrespect to Navy, but right. You know, from the fleet Navy, um, you know, that was pretty normal. So I was in E four when I came in. I'm in E seven now. But
0: so when you started off, you went off to uh, Great Lakes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now that mm-hmm. that's like a prep course before you actually go down to the EOD course down in Yeah, down you Edlin. go through EOD
2: dive prep. You go through dive prep. It's just the like divers do it, seals do it now, I believe. Yeah, you go there for I think it's two weeks or something. Yeah. Yeah, and then I was the I think the second class to do that. Really? And, uh, I think so. I went to EOD school in 2000 – or dive school in 2007.
0: Okay. Then you go down to Eglin, Panama City. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Panama City first for dive school for like – what is it? Eight weeks I think we do dive school and then then you graduate that and you go to – yeah, you go to Eglin for I think 10 months if you make it through all the way. I got MRSA like right at the end so I got rolled back for a little bit. But, yeah, I think it's 10 months. It's about – and then you go to – and you go to Brad – I mean you go to um, Benning – and now the guys go to different – now they go to, I think, like some expeditionary shooting course or something in Mississippi.
0: Yeah, some kind of – Something uh, like that. Combat I don't know, something like that. Yeah, it's, remember, a, it's a four-week uh, combat skills course. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, 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 which we used to do in San Diego. So, right. Okay. Um, I did it in San Diego, so now, that's kind of – and then I went to my unit in San Diego. So.
0: Was that right after that you got assigned to the unit or
2: yeah, – I I I, yeah, yeah, I was going to Mobile Unit 3 in Coronado.
0: Okay. Navy EOD training is much different, or is it very similar to the Air Force, Marine Corps? I mean, we we go to the same school, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. We go through a little extra. We go through underwater at the end, and then we go through. Um,
0: it's Primarily jump. for like we the, go to jump
2: school, you know. Uh, free fall. A lot of guys go to free fall. I don't really know what everything, what the other, what the other branches do. I don't really know, so I, I'm not. I can't really speak to them. Uh, I just know that we go to underwater training at EOD school, and, and I know we go to jump school. And obviously dive school prior, so it's a little different. but
0: Right. Um, yeah, of course you've got to go through the dive school portion of it because you've sure. got the torpedoes, yeah, yeah, yeah. the mines, the whole beach clearing, that type of stuff. Right,
2: all that really fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Super fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My first platoon was an underwater like platoon. That was my first thing I
0: did. So, Mike, did you start with the Navy EOD guys while over there? Oh,
1: yeah. So it's weird because when I was in – third group and started out on a mountain team. I really never heard of Navy EOD at all. But then when I went to the CIF company, you know, when we were just doing straight direct action or counterterrorism, foreign internal defense, we didn't go anywhere without Navy EOD. So every full mission profile or pre-mission train up, we would have a Navy EOD that would be attached to us. And then when we went down range, that's all we used. So, you know, we had specialty teams. Whether it was assault as assaulters or snipers, they would they would integrate with us and do our do our complete train up prior to going downrange. And then when we went downrange, they were out with us the whole time. So that, from my experiences, from you know whether it was the third group SIF or tenth group SIF, that I've always been surrounded by Navy OD, and I don't think um, I don't think anybody that I've ever known has had any issues with maybe EOD's ability to operate because they're so multifunctional. They're like a, a Gerber, you know, like it just you just got, you know, the, the the multi-tool where they could infill by any means and then be able to do the job and not only just do the EOD stuff, but but still be able to operate and be that number two guy if we need them. Thanks.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've i, always, yeah, I, I never been able to do a, uh, I've never been on a SIF team or CRIF as they're called now. Uh, I guess, but, um, you always hear great things about him. We don't have those at our, at the unit I was at, but it's always something that's like highly regarded in the community.
1: Well, you know what, you know, what I never understood because we always work with NAVSOF. Mm-hmm. How do you guys support, uh, the Navy side? Like, uh, do you guys, cause that, how does that even work where you're farmed out to the army? Mm-hmm. Your primary mission is supporting, uh, NAVSOF, correct?
2: Well, it's one of our missions. We have, like, a bunch of different mission sets. But as far as on, like, supporting SOCOM entities, yeah, definitely supporting SEAL teams is is part of the mission, yeah. Like, at Mobile Unit 3, it was, a, at that time, we were the only ones on the West Coast that had what, just NSW platoons. Now, there are other Mobile Units that have them on the West Coast as well. Or, um, so there's another Mobile Unit that has them. But at the time, yeah, it was definitely... Um, it's not really, you know, I, I don't know if it's said, like, oh, this is better than the other mission we have, but you wanted to do that. Like, I think everyone that went to that unit, you know, wanted to, to do that, for sure.
0: Yeah, because I've always seen you guys as kind of the baddest of the bad. I mean, when it comes to the EOD side of the oh. house, I mean, because... Of, well, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff that you guys are doing is a w- little bit different, I guess, than your well, average... Well, you know
2: EOD. what? Afghanistan... Was a huge equalizer. I feel like you know to everything. I I don't. So I don't know Iraq. I only deployed to Afghanistan three times. I didn't get to see Iraq at all. And you know, just it was. uh, You know, we were just getting whacked. You know, Afghanistan was a really. I loved the war. I thought it was. It was. I loved going there. It's a real. It was a real challenge. IED wise, it was a great. You know, I felt like you were in the NFL of IUDs. if you're in Kandahar or Helmand, like, you know, you had to definitely have your best game or you were gonna get bit, you know. I got bit for sure. But uh, the other branches that I worked with, you know, they did stand up an army, uh, I don't know how you guys even break down your people, but battalion or something that was supposed to support SF ODAs going over there, VSOs especially. Uh, so I, I don't know how that worked out. I worked with a couple of them on on a joint mission. And, you know, it's like anybody. I mean, you have your people that are good and you have your people that are maybe not as experienced or they're not quite as skilled at that yet. And, you know, I mean, like, we may have a different mentality towards it and we may be able to be a little looser with some rules in Navy EOD. But but I can't really tell you, you know, Marines did a lot of stuff. And, and, and Marines, they're attached to um, MARSOC units. I mean, they're, they have their own EOD pipeline, you know, from what I know, but, and they're attached to those units. So. You know, everybody was getting really good work there. It's just that I think we get you know singled out because of the, the diving and all that stuff. And,
0: right. Uh, but um you get to do the uh, the cool kids stuff. I mean, you know, fast. Yeah, I, but diving. I really
2: think that I mean the Marsoc EOD techs. Really, I mean, I, I from what I know, I haven't worked with them, but right. If they're closed loop in that community, and I'm completely like ignorant of what whatever they're able to do, then I'm, they're doing just as. You know, everybody's doing just as good at work as everyone else, pretty much. I mean, if you make it home from Afghanistan and you're in Panjway or you're in Helmand and you get your guys home, then you're, you know, you're number one. You're super lucky. Yeah. And number two, I mean, you did it good, you know.
0: One of the guys we had on the show a while back was Johnny Joey Jones, who is a uh, Marine Corps guy that lost both of his legs. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know a lot, you know, it seems like there's a lot of EOD guys that unfortunately.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's uh one of my platoon mates, Chris Andreu, lost his legs on our last deployment. He was with another. He was on our SW platoon as well. He was in Hellman, and uh, he, yeah, he lost his legs. You know, so I mean, it's you know, you rolled it. You rolled the dice over there. Everybody who can tell you that. It's a very humbling experience to go <laughs> over there. Um, but yeah, I mean, and uh, you just get to meet some really amazing people, like the amputees, the guys that go through this stuff.
0: It's it's tough. Yeah, no doubt. Now you're also a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. Is this something that you did while you were in <laughs> active duty yeah. or, or I'm like
2: the worst purple belt jiu-jitsu purple belt of all time. I've seen but a couple of a- the
0: pictures, a- pictures, you know, you had the whole cut up face and the whole bit. so Oh,
2: I did. Yeah, I got no, I got knocked in the face. It shows you how good I am. Took me <laughs> the, knee to the face, and got split open, yeah.
0: Was that something um, you started yeah. prior to or something you acquired while on active duty? No,
2: I started afterwards and um Oh, I'm, I'm still active. I, I started that right at when I got home from my my third deployment, and I was really looking for something to kind of like um, help me. Like I was having a rough time uh, with things, and uh, I found like jujitsu, and I started practicing jujitsu, and then it really uh, was in, an incredible thing for me. To, the intellectual side of it, like the the I know you people hear this, like the body chest part of it was great. The fact that you're getting your ass kicked every day, it's really humbling. The catharsis of it was, was good. It helped me you know, like mentally, psychologically, It, you know, it, it somehow could, could soothe those things. And then um, I found 10th Planet Jiu Jitsu and, and uh, I started doing just nogi at 10th Planet Jiu Jitsu in San Diego. And then um, my, um, Richie Martinez, yeah, he, he promoted me to Purple Belt in July. So it's a huge honor. Like it was uh, incredible. Yeah. I don't think I deserved it. I didn't feel like I <laughs> deserved it. But, uh, Why is that? <laughs> I was like, thank you. I was too. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of hard work and those yeah. guys, I mean, those people that, that commit their lives to those kind of things, it's an incredible amount of like, of, of, of time and energy and, Passion for that, so we yeah, it's a, been it's been great. It's like a it's like another family.
0: Well, we hear it a lot about folks, you know, that are struggling with PTSD and such. Mm-hmm, they they yeah. end up going into weightlifting or something yes. to the camaraderies there. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely. able to socialize with other veterans, have an opportunity to work mm-hmm. out, talk the whole bit. Or yep. in your case, you know, maybe jujitsu. It's the same way, absolutely. Yeah,
2: and it's absolutely what it is. It, it, and it's it's something I, I just you know, I don't know what Mike thinks about this, but you know you find these people who I have an incredible amount of respect for, you know, and um, all the trainers at, like, at San Diego Combat Academy, like, they're all, all the MMA coaches and, the, you know, the people that, you know, you train with and, and you know, you I, you I have an incredible amount of, like, respect for them and what they do and the amount of work they put in and that's something sometimes you don't get from, you know, you don't feel for some people sometimes maybe when you come back from these experiences. I, I mean, I respect everybody, but, I'm sure Mike, you can talk about this too. Like, it's hard to find that kind of camaraderie, you know, that I do there, especially this place I found like the people at that, um, Academy. It's just, uh, it's, 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 a, it's been an incredible help to me. And, um, I mean, I'm obviously having, I work through things all the time, but it's helped me, you know, uh, as much as it could. So, um, but yeah, I think you do find that
1: camaraderie for sure. It's like when you get out of the military, um, and you're transitioning and you're just kind of like, listening to crickets and it's like you know, there's, <laughs> there's no real conscious you know there's no peers there's no uh brotherhood around the transitional portion of it going into something like com- combatives where everybody shares a common goal and what i like about jiu-jitsu as well because I'm, I'm a big machado jiu-jitsu guy i i oh, uh, nice. appreciate the art the art of it the, the humble mentality the you know i was, I was doing the I was teaching the active shooter course, uh, yesterday. And during the culmination, I had 10 students during the culmination. I made them each one at a time fight me for a couple minutes and try to, try to put the two chokes that I taught them to do prior to going into the shoot house to do like a, a simulation shoot run where they're going against active shooters. And so, you know, I wanted to get their heart rate up, but I also wanted them to be in a combatant type physical and emotional state. And so rolling around with them, even just doing that for minutes built a lot of rapport and just this connection that, you know, that you can't really bridge anywhere else. So yeah, it's, it's definitely helped me. And I I appreciate all martial arts, but jujitsu, especially, uh, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu jiu- is a is an awesome way to deal, and with you know with anything, and then take yourself away from technology, reality, or whatever it is you're dealing with, and and get on the mat and focus on something specific, like an art form that it is. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, sure.
0: I think I, with everything, like within martial arts, especially, it's one of those things where they teach you how to deal within yourself and understanding yourself a whole lot better you know looking introspectively and also how you approach others as well but i think there's a calmness that comes with it that probably helps i'm sure with the ptsd and with the mm-hmm. stress
2: oh yeah i mean it's um it's something I you know and, and we uh my friend and i've my friend chris lucas um has kind of started this organization called macV project. And there are good programs, you know, everywhere to help veterans find something like there's, you know, some kind of martial arts. So, um, Chris wanted to, he was a, he was a corpsman, um, and, uh, gotten out, he'd served with the Marines and, uh, wanted to do something to help vets with PTSD. So we were trying to, he was trying to figure out something. He kind of got me involved in it to, to, um, find guys with PTSD and allow them to get, you know, to go try out at like a jujitsu school or any martial arts school. I don't care if it's boxing. I don't care if you wrestle or what you do, you know, we're not going to like, I don't want to force people to do anything, but right. I do think it's been incredibly helpful. I mean, it doesn't cure or doesn't really help all the things that I have going on, but whatever, you know, that's all kind of other stuff to deal with. But, you know, I think it can help people and it's never going to hurt you. You know what I mean? I mean, I even, I'll box sometimes, like I'll take Muay Thai class. Like, you know, my main focus is jujitsu. I love it. And, I think it takes, it takes so long to even get like remotely decent at it, you know, like I still suck, but I love it so much, you know, <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, Chris has done a great job and there's lots of people in the San Diego area who, who do a lot to kind of try to help veterans, you know, through those kind of, of, um, of ways as well. So we're trying to kind of get that started right now and bring some people on and, um, you know, it's really just about helping your, your, you know, people, Live their lives healthier. You know what I mean? Because it's such a difficult thing to 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 deal with. But um, it's been a great outlet, and and there's definitely any every martial art. I feel like if it creates some kind of discipline and brotherhood and healthier lifestyle, then you know,
0: you know, more power to all of them. Yeah, most definitely. I know that you know depression and dealing with stress is something that I've seen and heard a lot of veterans that actually got engaged, even with talk groups. You know, sitting around right. and having an opportunity to just hear a brother or a sister yeah. share similar stories is healing in itself. So it's yeah. really cool that you can find that something you know, an avenue like that or something like that. That you can not only are you learning something and having a good time doing it, but then you're having mm-hmm. a chance to kind of share with your brothers and sisters yeah. along
2: the way. Yeah. Um, and it's a good it's a good escape, you know what I mean? Like you, you can't think about anything else when you're on the mat. You know, you can't. You, there's no time for it. There's no place and there's no space left. <laughs> you know, so it's um, it's very helpful with that. I'm sure that's like that for people that do yoga, or, or you know, things like that. You know, or or do powerlifting or, I don't do any of these things, but um, right. I, I'm, I I know that it must bring some sort of the same, you know, sense of calm while you're doing it.
0: So how did you get engaged with the National Intrepid Center of Excellence?
2: There? Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's where I am right now um, uh, in that program right now, which is, uh, incredible. Um, like I said, I came back from the deployments. I was having some difficulties, continue to probably have those, but, uh, you know, had actually sought some counseling and through that, you know, uh, the, the process of, co- of coming to, to Nyko is, you know, a little, uh, pretty extensive. Uh, I mean, it took a, probably about a year, Um, from starting, like going to counseling to trying to get to this program and then them accepting you and finding time, you know, they're backed up for a while. So, uh, yeah. And then I've been, been at Nyco for two weeks now. So I'm starting my third week tomorrow.
0: What are some of the things that they kind of help you with through the process?
2: Um, well, they just, I think what I came here trying to do was, Hey, can I try to find, like a couple of tools that'll help me just for the rest of my life just to live like a healthier life, you know, cause some of these things, and I'm sure like every veteran knows this, like, you know, it, it throws a big wrench in your life, you know, or my personal life, you know, like at work, it was okay. But personally I was you know, not <laughs> doing so great, but, uh, so they just try, you know, they go through everything with you. They go through, you know, you're going to get all the medical stuff, the MRIs, you know, um, you're going to get, um, you're going to see uh, psychiatrists and all those, and, and all those things that, you know, blood work and, um, all those things to, to see the, the physical aspects of, and, and signs of, of whatever is happening to you. But then you're also going through all kinds of like alternative mind body therapies, like art therapy. And, you know, there's a cover of one of the Nat Geo mag- National Geographic magazine had a cover story on the mask work they do here, um, which is really, it's, it's incredible. You know? And the one-on-one work that you get here is is amazing. They have dog therapy, they have you know acupuncture, relationship counseling, you know intimacy classes, um, not just for like spous- for spouses or girlfriends, but just for you know personal relationships. And why are those failing? Or just turning like you know really looking in the mirror, and having to be honest all about it. It's really like getting through. It's like getting you know therapy through like a fire hose. But it's 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 great. It's a lot of one-on-one. It's like state of the art MRIs, and you know the people that give you these lectures. Like some of the people, like the first people who ever really saw concussion as an injury. Those are the people like teaching me. You know, it's just it's 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 it's, it's such an incredible like, honor and blessing to be able to come here. You know, I mean, I wish everyone could could get it, but uh, yeah. So that's that's how I got involved in it, and really lucky to to be here. And hopefully, uh, I'll leave here with you know a couple extra tools to help me for the rest to get through my life, but uh, that's
0: been good. Good to hear that you're there. I know that warrior angels foundation, I think it is that Mm -hmm. uh, we had on the program a while back. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're out in Cali and they actually did some of the same stuff. They started evaluating Mm -hmm. traumatic brain injury and how the Mm -hmm. brain the chemical imbalances and, and such where they actually start off with blood tests. That's what, mainly what they right. do. And they, they start off with, I think, MRIs. And I I know they go through a lot of different research from a medical standpoint because in some cases it could just be an imbalance of something and primarily sure. due to the high stress and your mm-hmm. endorphins and everything firing right. at 100% all the time. You know? Right.
2: You'll talk about, yeah, they'll, they'll talk a lot about cortisol levels and right um where your cortisol levels are at and it's a really extensive uh, blood work and and they'll explain to you vitamin deficiencies you know and how that can affect things uh you get like i get it you get a nutritionist to talk to you about your your, your those habits you know um alcohol tobacco, you know they, they talk about how all of these things breathing you know you'll go through breathing and what those the physiological you know changes that just you know diaphragmatic breathing can can do for you and um you know, there's a lot of guys. I mean, I'm probably like, you know, I'm I'm, a, I'm surrounded by people who've done some incredible things in their military career from some, you know, amazing units and and um, you know, everyone's trying. You know, we're all like trying, so it's it's really cool to see like, you know, all every group is so there's six people start every every week is six new people, so you're with like kind of six people. So sometimes you do have group classes and and um, yeah, it's just. Uh, nothing's left unturned here and and it's you're just really appreciative of of all the work that you know and and yeah so yeah anyway so i believe now i mean i may be mistaken but i believe it was started as as a as a study of like for just tbi pretty much it was for mild tbi injuries mtbis and then people ended up finding out that like ptsd and tbis have very much like overlapping symptoms which are all non-specific pretty much non-specific symptoms and uh, so you just learn a lot about that. You know, yeah. you, know you learn a lot about yourself and um, you know what's happening to you. So understanding really what's happening is really helpful as well because it's it's just frustrating. It's a frustrating way to live. You know, it's a pain. It's, it, it can be a frustrating way to live. I'm not going to speak for everybody, but uh, for me, it was um, pretty detrimental. You know? Right. <laughs> Unfortunately.
0: Now, there are programs out there where they end up pairing dogs or animals yes. with uh, PTSD. I, and mm. You mentioned that. Is that one of the things? that's the output of the program is to try to marry you with somebody and another no you know, foundation. No. Okay. Mm.
2: No. They um, so they're basically I, from what I know now, they're um, they're training these dogs to be service animals of different types. I believe. I think they are for people with PTSD, but they're not, they're like they're in the training stage right now. So the ones that we play with are, are being trained, but we just get to go and just like hang out with them for like half an hour or something. If we want to that day, if we have like an extra half an hour, you can go hang out with them or you can request that you want to deal with that. So, uh, they'll, they'll give you like a class just to, you know, and, and, and some of the guys bring, if you spend a lot of time with the dogs, I believe that they're, you're allowed to like bring them around with you to all your, your appointments. It's pretty lengthy appointments. Like seven to five every day, you're you're pretty much there doing you know, medical stuff. So physical therapy, you know, you're, they're addressing all your injuries. Like you know, had a parachute crash, collapse that um, uh, you know left some back problems. But excuse me, they're working with, with with you for for everything. So yeah, they 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 will set dogs up with people, but it's a two-year training program. So I believe the dogs are like it takes them two years to complete their training. Wow. So it's pretty, yeah. It's crazy, right? So so they have some puppies in there. It's it's just fun to go. Like, I mean, I love dogs. So um, some people don't like dogs, but also you get to request what things you think work for you as well. Sure. Like if you want to do art therapy more and you want to draw, then you can do that. Or um, they have music. Like you can play instruments here. You can um, anything you want. Like uh, and also jujitsu. Like so, there's an adaptive jujitsu program that's run by a. jiu-jitsu professor at the yamasaki academy here and um i I had read about that online that he does it for um walter reed and so i brought that up to them i was like hey this guy gives jiu-jitsu classes to um like amputees and and things to help them you know to help them It's part of their uh, i forget what their program's called for adaptive athletics i think or something so um and they're like, "Oh, really?" And they're open to it. And they ask me, "Like, what's his name? Do you want to go?" And if you want to go, we'll try to get you involved in that. So they're they're great. It's just a really supportive environment.
0: Now, Mike, were you engaged with a lot of the uh, a couple of the foundations that had the service dogs, or was that for something entirely different? I thought I'd, at one point you were engaged with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Labs for Liberty is the one that I kind of put them out there because I, I believe in their mission, and they're doing the same thing. They're helping. Veterans who have PTSD or, you know, transitional issues who are disabled, that uh, they're providing labs or service dogs for veterans. And, and they're, an awesome, they're out of Utah, ran by a woman by the name of Joan Nold, and she's, she's awesome. And uh, what they, what they do is, whether it's emotional or, you know, traumatic, they basically train the dog in meeting kind of the needs that you have. Um, And it's custom tailored. And then you go out there and you spend a week with the dog one-on-one after it's been trained. Um, So yeah, real good program. And that's definitely a, whatever, all the stuff that you're talking about, it's it's really cool. It sounds like a huge opportunity for you, but just something that probably needs to be more streamlined for uh, all the other veterans. It's, but it's a Mm -hmm. good opportunity that you get to share those experiences and, and uh, you know, reach out and help, help other veterans who are going through similar issues.
2: Yeah, that's, that's funny because all the dogs here are labs, too. I don't even know. That could be one of the organizations that they even send them to. I don't know. But, yeah, they're all labs and golden retrievers here. Um, it's
1: pretty cool. Yeah, I are agree. You, like, I really wish. Go ahead. Sorry, Mike. I was just to say, are you going to get one? Is that something that you're no, going
2: No, 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 no. Because they're here for two years, and they're, like, they're. I think they're puppies right now. One of them is, like, oh, okay. nine months old. So, somebody will get them, and it is a program for vets with PTSD, I believe, or TBI issues. Um in fact, some, like, I, they've even showed me some of the, like, commands that they have for people that, um, I mean, dogs inherently know when you're upset anyway. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. my dog, you know, I had a dog, and he knew when, you
0: know what I mean? Like,
2: they know. So Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you've
0: heard of the service dogs that help with people who have seizures and stuff like that. Right. They'll go right, ahead and exactly. let them know it's about ready to happen. Go yeah, ahead and get absolutely. in a position where you're prepared. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really cool that they have, you know, that type of training that they can help their yeah their master or owner know that something is there and, Hey, we're here for you.
2: Yeah. One of them I know is like, if, if someone starts like tapping their leg, the dog will go and like put his head on his lap or something. Wow. Pretty cool, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. yeah. I have heard of last for Liberty. Of course, you know, we, we follow them on Instagram and really, mm-hmm. yeah, I like a, Instagram. yeah, really good program. Yeah, I think what you're doing there is going to be really helpful, like you had mentioned, not just for yourself, but for others, that you're going to be able to recognize those symptoms when you get back, you know, of your fellow sailors or Marines and stuff that mm-hmm. you're with. to go, hey, listen, dude, you know, I, I see something or I hear something that there's probably something more there than what you're wanting to really talk about.
2: Yeah, I mean, and Mike, I know you know this, man, like it's not – there's always gonna be a feeling of there's a stigma. You know what I mean? There's, I, I mean, I battled with that a lot. I struggled, with, I struggled with that even wanting to go into counseling. I was like, no, I'm fine. You know, um, just send me back to war and I'm good. I'm fine. And like, even though they couldn't because I was overdue for my rotation. But yeah, but I, I've been, you know, I, there's a fine line too, in my opinion, of I don't know, this is gonna sound weird, being too open about it in a way. Or I being open about it is great, but I want people to know that like I'm open I'm open my my buddies know that I'm like they're a younger EOD techs so I feel that know that they could come talk to me about stuff if they needed to. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm definitely one of the ones I feel that that uh, tries to be like, hey man, like if you guys to with my guys too, if you if anybody ever needs to talk to me about something, please like I want them to know that there is someone that they can come talk to that's not judgmental at all. You know, I think everybody needs that. People need that. They need someone that, you know, uh, that uh, like some kind of a, I'm not a mentor to anybody, but I mean, you know, that that um, hopefully they respect, they feel like they can go to, you know, because that was always difficult for me, you know, finding someone like that.
1: Yeah. You know, when I when I transitioned out of the Army, and I remember my first, I was in, uh, I was a captain or, you know, going through the process of getting out, and then one of my appointments was with Veteran Affairs, mm-hmm. and I remember... I sat down with a psychologist and the I remember the there was like a noise in the hallway and I, I kind of turned my head, you know just you know identifying what was going on and, mm-hmm. and immediately she just went down the road like hey, you have PTSD right and you know not not even you know psychologists they deal they deal with really traumatic specific traumatic events and veterans that are dealing with those events because that's kind of like the understanding of the diagnosis of PTSD. It's related to an event or a series of events. And then typically it's, it's resurfacing of those events that cause this cloud of, you know, you know all these symptomatic problems that these veterans experience. But, you know, the problem I always had was, you know, j- just like you uh, being an EOD, you know, whether it was eating charges or, you know, <laughs> shooting Carl Gustavs in combat. Yeah, 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 You know, getting hit, you know, with RPGs in the vicinity mm-hmm. of a vehicle where you you just, your head's getting rocked. You know, I went to an advanced tactical infiltration course, uh, a free fall course. And during that the culmination exercise, I knocked myself unconscious on the drop zone and had to be brought into the hospital and – but I just remember like my brain just being rattled so many times was, 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 uh, was not right. And, and I, I went through the first series with USASOC and JSOC, the first series of TBI testing in 2006 and 7, mm-hmm. and cr- where they created a baseline. Mm-hmm. And so when I got out, every appointment wanted to talk about specifically an event or the sorrow I was feeling or the depression I was feeling. And yeah, some of those symptoms I had, but it was more so, uh, I guess, you know, long story short is 180 degrees of what other veterans were experiencing. So I said, hey, you know, I'm a diagnostic kind of guy. I'm like, hey, I want to get tests. I want to get MRIs. I want to get blood work. I want to look at the chemical composition of me now or look at the baseline of what I was and see what the difference is now so I could try to see if there's a... A, a mismeasurement and, and try to fix it and there's nothing like that that exists in the in the government I mean I mean in, in, in veteran affairs so it's frustrating because like you said the stigma is you know whenever you just say hey I'm dealing with things immediately it's it's solely mental which is you know it can be solely mental there's nothing wrong with that but what if it's more physiological? what if there's reasons physical reasons why my brain is causing me to think a certain way or act a certain way as opposed to you know you know just like the maybe the fight or flight response where it's a uh, transitional issue mm-hmm. but instead everybody wants to concentrate on this specific event and they they treat that those symptoms the same in these processes and it's frustrating so mm-hmm. you need good nonprofits you need private industry to really tackle those at the speed of of how it's happening, you know, like at the speed of war, because the government's so far behind. They're 10 years behind in everything. They're not going to be able to handle any of this, and they treat it with an umbrella or a blanket, and it's just they, – they try to cover everything. So, yeah, man, I, you know, on active duty, guys all the time would be dealing with issues – but you know, come being in special operations yourself, the, the second, the millisecond you say anything in the realm of potential issues, you, you know, you're you're either taken offline, taken off deployment, uh, and then you're shunned or you're you're uh, blackballed from, from being a, as a, you know part of the A team. Mm-hmm. That's
2: sad. Yeah, yeah, it can definitely be like that. I think it's getting better. For sure. I've been I've had nothing but support really from my command and, and the community in general. That's great. Been, I, I haven't heard I mean, I haven't heard anything in my face at least. <laughs> 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 they could be saying things behind my back. I don't know. Well,
0: that's good. That's great though, because I mean that's where I think it starts. It has Absolutely to start with fair. a change. Yeah, from the leadership top down because I think especially in a high speed community, there's always gonna be this concern of all right, well, are they gonna have a moment? you know, at the wrong or inappropriate time. And I know that if Rudy were on here, it's one of the things that he has to deal with, even as a government contractor today, is he has guys on his team that on occasion did have traumatic stress and would have, unfortunately, an incident at a time that, I mean, you just never know that something yeah. may occur. And so it's being able to recognize those symptoms, recognize those things. And a lot of these guys don't even, rec- don't even know that they have that kind of problem. Um, no, I didn't know. Yeah,
2: I mean, I in hindsight, I, I can see it. Yeah, in hindsight, I can see it. Yeah, but at the time, no. I, I, until like, I mean, I I started yeah having some physical manifestations of things, some pretty serious ones. I thought like I felt like and had no idea what was going on. You know, um, and I'm not like a medication person at all. Right. I don't really like taking meds or, you know, if I don't have to, but I mean, when you got to, you got to, you know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, like what Mike was saying, like really, um, I think what happens at Nyko that's so great is that they combine it all. Like you're getting all the MRIs, you're getting the blood work, you're getting your analysis, and then you're also getting the behavioral treatment as well. And, and I wish everybody who ever went to war, you know what I mean? Could come through here. The I mean, I'm talking like, there and should I mean, be a I diagnostic not, I, or
0: something. You know, I,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. To me, like, think of like all the eleven bravos, and like, you know what I mean, and that walked through Afghanistan for ten years. You know what I'm saying? Like, do they get this? I don't know the National Guard guys that you know that that were serving up there. That I I even serve with some of them. Do they get this? It's tough. Like, it's just not around. There's not enough people to to give this kind of treatment. But like uh, those are the guys I I think about a lot too because i um, I mean Navy UOD does not fall in. I'm not part of SoCOM at all I mean uh, we're attached to units from them but we're we have our own uh, uh, Navy command but um, you know I might could tell this like some you know the SoCOM guys they, they do sometimes have because um, they're smaller numbers you know what I mean they'll there's different stuff benefits you know that they can help sometimes get into but like Nico really treats everybody so. It's just a, I think it's a wait list. You know what I mean? It's a list, it's a backlog of how many people can you really treat at one time. And to give this kind of quality of training, it takes a long time to get everybody through.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, most people end up going through the VA program.
2: Yeah, and even like when you walk across the street. Yeah. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Walter Reed, but it is your standard VA military right. hospital. And you know, it's like we're in NICO. In you're at this little bubble because everything's in the same building uh, and then you have your appointments over at Walter Reed and it just kind of smacks you back. Not so much what happens to, to us, but I see these amputees walking around and, and they're going through all these appointments and I just am like, you right. know, I know it must be tough for them. It's a struggle. Uh, Cause like I think about Chris, uh, Andre who my friend who lost his legs on our last deployment. I wasn't with him when he lost his legs, but he was on my platoon. Incredible kid. Like, Amazing, you know, as they all seem to be, but 20 uh, something surgeries, you know what I mean? 27. I don't even know what it is. That's wow. insane.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. You know, like it's just, wow.
2: And to have the outlook that he has is, and the life, you know, he has now, he's doing great. He has a baby and you know, it's awesome.
0: Yeah. It's amazing what these guys end up coming, going oh, through God. and then coming out of it. It yeah. really is. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, they find that peace, hopefully. I mean, not, I mean, I hope all of them. But, um, yeah, you always want everybody to find their peace you know,
0: somehow. Hope you find yours as well there, man. As you're going mm-hmm. through Me that too. Program. Me too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I think it sounds like you're really in a, a great program. They're doing all the right things. Again, I was really fascinated when we had the other foundation on, and that's what they were talking about, was some of the chemical imbalances that go on. Mm-hmm and yeah. uh, the work that was being done underway and i was really hoping that there were other organizations that were going to pick up on that and uh, yeah. start using that kind of therapy because i think there's a lot of opportunity there and i agree with you at some point it would be really nice to see some kind of diagnostic or some type of work done on on soldiers sailors marines you know and in air force when they're when they're getting off active duty and especially those that were participating in special operations or high speed units or even those are in more combat arms, what we call combat yeah. arms. In combat the, arms and yeah, combat arms and arms. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it would be really beneficial if we could come up with a way to to have some kind of diagnostic test. And maybe there is today, I don't know, when they're coming back from deployments to see if they can recognize some of those things to get them help.
2: Right. Yeah, I think they have come up. They had. They do give us some before and after tests, but I believe they've proven to be pretty useless okay. as far as as far as what i've been told that's yet. not good but, yeah yeah and you know it's all i think it's very in, it's also very individual how each person's body handles these things and mine handles these things is different it's just some people everyone's different absolutely everyone the bottles and bodies handled you know like what, what mike was saying man those carl gustavs yeah you know, those, those are something yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, backblast from those things man but uh, yeah, I think everybody's body handles things differently. So.
0: Well, we wish you Just, no- nothing but the best, man. Appreciate thank you. you, man. Yeah, appreciate you coming on and joining us. Oh and yeah, telling your thank story. you guys so
2: much. You know, it's like so. I mean, you know, I, I thank you for asking me, and yeah, it's been an honor, and it's um, it was been an honor to to serve. And um, yeah, thanks for um, letting me talk about like Nico and and everything else. And uh, yeah, hopefully things will work out. And,
0: I I hope that you know those that listen to the show, though there, there may be well, I know there are a lot of people that are dealing with certain traumatic brain injuries or with Mm -hmm. PTSD and traumatic stress. Hopefully they'll pick up on some things that through the show and through your conversation, that'll help them maybe pick up the phone and put some other things in motion.
2: Yeah. Or just call your friend. Like, it doesn't matter. Like anytime, like, uh, you know, my dad committed suicide when I was on my second deployment in Afghanistan. And, um, you know, he had been in a horrible car accident a couple few years before that, and had really deteriorated since then. And I never even thought about it. You know, I never thought that maybe maybe that maybe he had a something happened with his a chemical,
0: chemical yeah, inside, You know, from yeah, that, and, yeah. And
2: that had something to do with it. You know, um, similar to, when you see all. You know, when you hear about all the CTE with football players and
0: absolutely and those
2: things and. um,
0: well, I think they started actually tying in what was a Lou Gehrig's disease with traumatic brain injury from oh, football really? players. Yeah, wow. if I'm not mistaken, soccer players, baseball right. oh, players. Oh yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah. I'm sure. I mean, and like I said, I like, think like, I think they found like a high school football player's brain, right? That had had it looked like a 65 or something. I'm I'm probably exaggerating. I'm misquoting, but something in that documentary on the on the NFL, yeah, uh, or not the NFL, but just football in general
0: yeah absolutely and that they have studied that and of course soccer players constantly use their head yeah Um, oh yeah yeah, for sure baseball players get hit upside the head and yeah and when you think about those types of things it's not limited but certainly what we were talking about earlier and you guys were talking about with rpg explosions with whatever blast just blast waves, just blast Yeah, yeah exactly your brain turns into jello inside that head and gets sloshed around quite a bit and and then not only that, but the end, like we were talking about with the endorphins, the high intensity, maintaining that 100% stress level all the time while you're there. And it's very much like a high. I hear it all the time from veterans that return back that it's very much like being a rock star or something where you're, <laughs> you're on that high. Then it's it's different when you come back and try to yeah. assimilate back into the private sector.
2: Yeah, I think some of the films have have done a good job. I thought American Sniper... I don't. I don't really care about like movies as far as like the combat scenes anymore, but because those are all pretty. Those are all good, but like the home life thing, it was like dead, dead on. Yeah. You know, the, it was pretty dead on, like like uncomfortably so. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And I I remember watching it going, I bet that was worse. I bet when he grabbed that dog, that was worse because I've done that, you know, yeah. and that's not good. So, um, yeah, I think it's becoming more. Um, people are. I don't know opening up to it is 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 the right you know phrase to use, but um yeah, absolutely I'm hoping that if if you if you know people are out there and they're have, they think they're having a hard time or they're not remembering things or you're not sleeping well or you know talk to your buddies or go talk to the you know command the counselor or something you
0: know right just find it somehow well again, you're gonna be able to take back some of this knowledge and share it with others and help yeah them. for and sure especially those that again we talked about may not even recognize that there's something mm-hmm. there and absolutely uh, yeah. or don't want to admit it
1: yeah
2: but all i right? will say this man you gotta want help yeah because if you don't want it and you don't you know what i mean like
0: what's the first step uh,
2: yeah. I mean, you don't want it you're not gonna get it <laughs> you know what I mean? nobody's gonna come hunt you down and be like hey man come get help you know what i'm
0: saying yeah all right damon appreciate it man appreciate thank you, you guys so on.
2: much and uh mike thanks for your service and again and i'm so, like, once again sorry for your guys lost as always so I'll be no had, good, keeping, all those, keeping all those guys in my thoughts and prayers and their families, too.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. Keep doing what you're doing, man. We'll see thank
2: you. you. <laughs> thank you very thanks much. A lot. Thanks a lot.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and at Facebook by searching at Mentors, the number four M-I-L, and please subscribe to our podcast. It's free, and it ensures you're the first to hear our latest podcast show. We have several options depending upon your device, and we're at iTunes, SoundCloud, at Stitcher, and at TuneIn Radio. It doesn't matter whether you are searching for your passion or purpose, finding your way through a military or civilian career, working on your fitness, or just about to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Get after it.